I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for a big Monday. All right, everyone's saying Kansas City's back, baby. Hmm, I'm not so sure about that. Nice win last night. Now they're 4-16-1 against the spread the last 21. That's four winners out of 21 games against the spread for the Chiefs. Guess who might be back, though? Bill Belichick and the Pats dominate Cleveland. They're now the 10th favorite to win the Super Bowl, paying 20-1. to Monday Night Football, San Fran and the Rams. It's a must-win for Cousin Cow. Right now, the Rams on the road, favored by 3.5, total 50 and a half. Here comes a four out of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas with the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it, I'm R.J. Live on a big, big, big Monday. Live from Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. AJ Hoffman in the studio. Now, you had some kind of freelance gig or some kind of moonlighting. You went <laughs> to the UFC? Uh, I, I went to do, I went to commentate some fights on UFC Fight Pass in Denver this weekend. Okay. Dana White does a show called Looking for a Fight where he's trying to find the next guys to sign to the UFC, and they've asked me to commentate some of those. So. Wow, wow, that's that's professional stuff. Well, but listen, you've, you've elevated my stature. I well, think. you know, it's nice that, <laughs> nice it goes into the pregame pot, all that money. Oh, yeah. I oh, mean, because yeah. I'm figuring... Well, like this happens once in a lifetime. Gotta make this work for us, out in the open, <laughs> legit. But a nice IPO, keep it spinning, live off the juice. I'm pretty optimistic. All right, sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans to know more than their buddies. How would you characterize my insight into the NFL at this point? It's almost like a crystal ball, maybe. It's it's night and day from like the first couple weeks. You've you've turned this thing like it felt like this NFL season was just going to frustrate us all year long, and you have overcome Fezzik and I in the last three weeks and really uh, I, I put some be magic honest, together. Because, once again, our only loser was the, oh, this line's moved, so everyone's got it number one, was that Atlanta pick. I, well, to be fair, I, I didn't a, even like that pick. Yeah, I had Atlanta early in the week before the move. I, I liked it, it well, anyway. But, but we were playing it at the, you know, at the old number. That's yeah. the whole point, right? Is In the contest, the lines come out Wednesday, so you have the advantage of a couple days' edge. And I would say in the last four weeks, those games have gone like those kind of, oh, you got to play them because there's so much line value. Oh, and 20. I mean, <laughs> really, it's like maybe I would say six, eight, eight games. It's like one and seven. Yeah, it's been bad. And we've been like undefeated, or I'll say I'll be, I've been undefeated almost otherwise. Including a game that we all talked about on our podcast, the, the Raiders-Chiefs game, that I all three of us liked, and somehow you said, no, not this week, yeah, I'm not well, the feeling line, it. The line, but see, I guess I got to give the line its due there. As, as it was ticking up, it was like, hmm. And let's start, though, with 
Kansas City. We'll make that the Vegas lead because I heard Colin today, and I just think he's playing wrong about what he's saying. Well, it's an honest disagreement, but um, and and you know, reasonable people can disagree. But let's do a recap of the game, and I'll get into what my take is. The Kansas City Chiefs dominate the Las Vegas Raiders, forty-one to fourteen at home. The Chiefs now nine to one, fourth favorite in the Super Bowl odds. They were twelve to one before this week. Okay, there's two ways we can approach this. One is a concept called confirmation bias. Now, what is confirmation bias? It's when you have a belief and you acknowledge and recognize the things that confirm your belief and you don't pay attention as much to the things that don't confirm your belief or contradict your belief. So, an example could be you have a son and some people, you know, there might be questions about is this kid a troublemaker, right? Well, he gets kicked out of uh, class for something. You're like, oh, boys will be boys, right? And then you see your son like kind of open the door for your, his grandmother, and you're like, there's my boy, right? Now, opening the door for the grandmother is valid, but so is the other stuff. And that's where the human side of this is challenging. A lot of times, the numbers, you can't massage those. You can't rationalize now, Fezzik tries to, but you can't say, well, yeah, they got beat on the yards per play, but there was that one penalty in the third quarter, and if it wasn't for that, who knows how the game would have went. Yeah, maybe, but in the long run, you're going to find more confirmation bias that way than if you just try to look at things objectively. And what I heard Colin say today was, the Chiefs are back. There, there they are. There's my boy. It's like, yeah, they looked really good. Did they look any better than Jacksonville looked last week against Buffalo? <laughs> so why don't we say, hey, there it, Trevor Lawrence, the most pedigreed quarterback since Andrew Luck. And you know how he turned out. Oh, well. But still, it's like there's no team that doesn't have a good game. All right, so if a good game is going to be the sign that that's the truth, then why isn't it the truth for every other team pretty much? The Jets look mighty good beating Tennessee. You could easily say Tennessee's won five in a row or six in a row, and you know who stopped them last? The Jets. They're back, baby. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, the Jets had to play games since but, then. Okay, so it's only the last game that matters then. So then last week we should have been saying Cowboys are the worst team in the NFL. Because they got, we're down thirty nothing to an average Denver team. Well, that goes into our normal Monday theme: what the sharps and the squares are saying, and that often happens. It's obvious. It's it's often the immediate reaction or overreaction to what you just saw. I think you're right about that. I think there is a very savvy point. I think there's a amplifier of that, or it, it, it gets juiced up if what you see contradicts your narrative. There tends not to be an overreaction. And each individual looks at these games differently. But if it confirms your narrative, then there, the overreaction is double. And we've been waiting for Kansas City to, to, to have a good game. Listen, in the last 21 games, now there's only 16 games you know, up until this year in the regular season. So this is a year and a quarter of games. They're four, sixteen, and one against the spread. So think about that. For every winner, 
there's been four losers. So think of it like this. Winner, loser, 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 loser. Winner, loser, 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 loser. And it happens two more times like that. On the extended edition of the show, you'll hear that, but we're cutting it out here. (laughs) (laughs) It's the director's cut. All right, one more time. Winner, loser, 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 loser. Now, at what point are we going to say, that's not so good? Some would call that 20%. Yeah, and I saw you, your, your lips moving. Were you trying to calculate? I, I, I was head? trying to reach your calculator over there. I couldn't reach it, I so mean, I had to do can, it on listen, my own. You can use my calculator anytime you want. <laughs> there we go. And I was right, right, 20%. Correct. So, what is it about this game that's any different or better than any other team that has these disparate results? Meaning... Good and bad. Usually, a team that's 500 is good than bad, then good than bad, and not good than bad, 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 bad. So, how how is this result for the Chiefs make them any more good than the Cowboys last week makes them the worst team in the league? Or Jacksonville last week making them good? Now, you've got a theory which I think there's some disputes about, but let's go over it because there's going to be two ways that this game is going to be looked at in a technical sense, in an X's and O's sense. One way is going to be yeah, look, finally they figured it out. They threw to the lineback or I'm sorry, threw to the running backs. The other's going to be the Raiders really didn't use the recipe these other teams have been using. Why don't you explain your and again, not that there's any super correct answer right now we're speculating, but you've got some thoughts. Yeah, I thought that the the Raiders did not use the recipe that they that has been sort of the go-to lately. And explain that. Which is playing a cover two like two high safeties and basically preventing big plays over the top where both safeties play in zone coverage, your corners play in man. And I, I think that's the key distinction because the Raiders did what? They played a cover three, which in cover three, your corners both fall into zone coverage coverage, your free safety covers the middle of the field zone, and your strong safety is sort of a a rover playing against tight ends, playing against running back passes, playing the interior of the field, which you would have thought maybe they're trying to take that away, but that hasn't been the problem for the Chiefs. And the Chiefs actually had more success. We've been say, I've been saying they need to start taking underneath stuff because that's the way to beat cover two. Mm-hmm. And the Raiders did them some, in, in a way, they did the old Chiefs a favor, but the Chiefs did what I've been saying they should do against cover two. They threw 10 times okay, to the running so, back. So let's think about that a second. If we're saying there's one thing that the league's been doing generally, and the Giants actually, by the accounts I hear, took that a few weeks ago, took that and, and went even further with it, disguised a few things, and it made it even a more advanced kind of way to um, make them throw short. But now you're saying, well, the Raiders are going to not go man to man. And you mentioned that the yards after catch, as some call yak, were as good for KC as any but one team this entire year? Second most all season, second most in the Mahomes era, 254 yards. So isn't that interesting that maybe Mahomes, because what's been the gripe about Mahomes is he's impatient. It's come easy for him, and he's not willing to matriculate the ball down the field. He wants to get the big chunks. The fact they had more yak than any team but one the entire season in this game tells me the scheme the Raiders were running made Mahomes feel like those short throws weren't necessarily going to be short, meaning they could be big plays after. They and, could blow something up. And it's not, I don't think it's coincidental that that happened. Or maybe it was just the first couple. There was a nice after the uh, catch run, and it was like, okay, huh, this could work. I don't know. But man, when I hear that teams are doing something very specific, 
and a team struggling with it. And then another team that, let's be candid, is very set in their ways. That Raiders DC, pretty set in his ways. And my recollection is, Mackenzie, you might have some insight into this. This is like the old Seattle cover three more than this cover two idea where the Seattle D that has kind of gone out of favor, though Dallas has adopted some of it now with Quinn and now the Raiders. To me, the idea of that being the same as the cover two and just let them throw in front of them, it, that doesn't feel right to me. I feel like this was an aberration. This was an exception. Raiders came at it differently. And quite frankly, it, it, came it, it bombed. Yeah. Uh, any insight into these defenses, McKenzie? Mina Kimes was commenting that the cover three and the cover two have similarities. Raiders played more cover three than anyone in the NFL, that Gus Bradley Seattle Seahawks system. The difference being on the outside, how physical are your corners? Cover two, you're playing man. Cover exactly. three, exactly, which is given, up. which is given up the short passes. The theory is, if you're rec- here's the thing: why wouldn't you play tight? Well, you won't play tight because you think the other team is going to be able to beat that, right? So you're afraid to play. I mean, most teams want Belichick wants to play man to man every play if he could. Because he likes the prey, he doesn't want to give easy throws ever. But if the team's going to beat you man to man, you got to say, okay, you get something, you just don't get everything. Okay. So I get the idea the Raiders are saying, hey, let's just let them have the underneath. But maybe that's where the skill set is. When Mahomes sees them wide open, he throws to them. And now they're so good after the catch because they're so athletic in space. You go man to man, you might think, hey, you could get burnt. But Mahomes looks and sees, man, that seems tight. Maybe I'll go. So-. It just feels like this way you're making it where he can't do anything but throw short by, by playing zone underneath. Why? I don't know. I'm not saying the Raiders should have changed because they do what they do. But I don't think this is repeatable for Kansas City. If the teams do what everyone else has done, even the Ravens did prior to this. Closing thought. I, I tend to agree with you, but I do think, and I'm not a believer in the Chiefs are back. I will say in the last three weeks, the Chiefs' defense has been different. 13 points a game allowed in the last three weeks. This is different than and the who disaster. Have, who have they played? Giants, Packers, Raiders. Uh, the Packers, you want to say something to that? The Jordan Love-led Packers. Okay. And accepting the fact that this game, you know, Carr was not, you know, however we want to describe Listen. Carr was awful, you can just say. Okay. Hey, <laughs> QBR 59, but okay, fair enough. PFF 64. Which is not good. That's below, like even entry level starter. But it's one game. But to me, the Raiders have had so much. I don't even want to call it drama, turmoil. That that you know, obviously. I mean, think about it. In this entire year, what's been the two biggest off the field stories? Henry Ruggs and John Gruden. Yeah, in one team, in like nearly successful. Maybe Aaron Rodgers has caught him. <laughs> Uh, let's just, okay. Two of the three, certainly. Okay, that's a big. St- I'll accept that, but let's just say this: that's going to be about new the nuisance of media attention. Yes, this is like life changing stuff. Yep. Right, you're, you're guys me- getting fired. Guys, well, going- not only fired, but this is your mentor. This is the person that was most associated with the Raiders is now disgraced. Right, and a guy like Carr, who was you know felt. Some connection to him, it seems. He's ripped away. Yeah. Right. I mean, when do coaches leave middle of the year? They just don't, unless the unless you're fired. Yeah. Going horribly. And what's the difference, right? Then you have one of your key players on the field, and Jackson obviously hasn't been able to replace the uh, you know the, uh, rugs and these ability to take the top off the defense. 
But then this is a guy that you've been a brothers in arms with for a year and a half now, and there's a good chance he's going to go to jail for decades. Lost his life. Yeah. Well, you well, know. I mean, well, it, someone it, lost his livelihood, life. certainly. Well, and, and probably his freedom. Yeah. I mean, we're not, you know, just speculation here, but by all accounts, that's likely. Yeah. Now, the fact that they didn't react horribly to that immediately. Maybe it was kind of like post-traumatic. It's like, hey, we're going to go through the motions, and at one point it's going to hit you. Like, what's going on here? I don't know. Or it could just be randomness. But I'm telling you, this win was impressive. But man, if you look at the last any period of games, four, eight, twenty-one. Kansas City hasn't been good. They've been average, slightly above average at best. Now, I, I'm not saying I wouldn't be scared crapless if I was in the AFC and I was a playoff team and they made the playoffs. I'd want no part of Kansas City because their upside is gigantic. The question is, can they win four or uh, one, two, four straight games? Right? Because they, they won't get no a bye. No. no chance. So, can they win four straight games? They haven't played. They've won. Four, they've covered four games of the last twenty-one. <laughs> I don't think they're going to win four in a row. As someone who likes to fade the public in the NFL, do you think that the perception of that the Chiefs are back is going to be something that's exploitable this weekend? You know, something is a great question. So, let's look at the line in the Dallas Kansas City game, which is next week. All right, and this game is in Kansas City. Okay, summer line was Dallas a seven and a half point underdog in the game. So over a touchdown before the season started. The look ahead line was Kansas City favored by two and a half. So home field is two and a half, maybe two now. Kansas City gets two and a half probably. So they're saying these are even teams. And now the line is two and a half. So from the look ahead, well, what happened? Dallas looked great. Dominated as well, yeah. Right? And. Kansas City looked great. I still think it's exploitable because if you look at this season, who could say that Kansas City's as good as Dallas? No one. The only thing I hate about this is Dallas is a team I'm looking to fade. I think their defense is really overrated, hugely. And and having a big let's just say this whoever wins of this in this game, I'm looking to fade next week. But I'm not sure. I still want to play Dallas, but maybe this will give me a chance to see Kansas Kansas City one more week. Let's hope they win by like six and get lucky. (laughs) And then I look to fade them the next week. I I just don't see if it was as easy as what we saw last night. Why did it take them so long to do this? That's that's the question that is hard to answer. I I think it's it's hard to answer because there is no answer. So, when we come back, we're going to talk about a team that has been winning, and maybe a lot of these analytics gurus don't like to talk about, because maybe this guy knows more than them. Yeah, we're talking about Bill Belichick and the Patriots, and also we're going to discuss what's been the worst performance in the last two games from the best teams. And shockingly, if you think about it, and we'll run it down, every team pretty much amongst the leaders have had a disappointing performance in the last two weeks. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. Out against the words 
Bell, we are straight out of Vegas. And I'm AJ Altman. In just a moment, we're going to take a look at the top of the league and amongst the Super Bowl contenders, who has not stumbled or struggled in the last couple of weeks? Mm, this is a short list. By the way, I've got a prop best bat in Monday Night Football, and we're going to talk about the Manning cast curse and something happening tonight maybe proves there is a curse. <laughs> This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. The audience has doubled in the last year plus. That's because of your support. Thank you so much, personally, for me. And we'll keep working extra hard to provide winners and all oh, the winners lately. Whew. So let's think. I had two best bets that I was contemplating Both on Friday, right? Um, so one of them was uh, Alliance. The lines, which was easy. The football team. And the, oh, geez, yeah, that was easy. Wait, what and, about the early best bet? Oh, I forgot. Yeah, Green Bay. That was easy. <laughs> All of them. Hmm. I, I'm afraid. Here's what I'm afraid of. And parents, listen up. <laughs> Don't let your kids think this is easy, because for a long time, I was, you know, in LA, I was on Kevin and Bean, that famous morning show, for six years. And year after year, I won. In fact, I won every year. Three picks a week, six in a row seasons. And about year four, I started thinking, wait a minute, the kids that started listening to this on the way to school at like 13 are now graduating high school, and they're going to think, oh, I can just go to Vegas and be like RJ. You can't. Chances are you can't. When did Brad move here? Well, he, I mean, <laughs> that's a good point. Was he listening to Kevin and B? He's a child of that generation. That maybe. is true. It, but again, at least he's starting. There's a difference between starting at an entry level analyst and trying to learn. I, I, by the way, anyone that goes to the Ivy Leagues that wants to come to Vegas and learn from me, I'm happy with that. But I don't want them to think they can do it on their own. Because, I mean, again, you can't. But not Cornell, right, McKenzie? No, that doesn't count. Okay. Right, see, I'm I'm not like that. Right? <laughs> I'm not like that. Any Ivy League, or quite frankly, I don't care if you dropped out of high school. You know what's funny is we're lucky enough at pregame.com to have like elite Ivy League Yale graduate with McKenzie. You supposedly graduate from somewhere. So let's say that what was the name of the school? Belmont University. That doesn't really exist, does it? it barely. It's defunct, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it did exist at one point. So let's say the highest college, the lowest college, and then our head of tech didn't. I don't even know if he graduated high school, but he's like one. You of don't those, know if he did. No, I don't care. Once I heard his tech, I was like, I didn't care. I never checked. Listen, there was speculation. McKenzie was lying about Yale all that time. I mean, for a long time, there it's was a, a lot of talk. Yeah, so, but we finally found out it was true. But you know what? I didn't really care either. And then with Brad, Brad was, a, what do you call that, a civil engineer? Civil engineer, that's So correct. you were building bridges. Bridges, dams, levees. And, and you said, here to build a bankroll, you can't. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> and the beauty of it is he t he's getting paid like half as much as he used to. Because if someone's going to come and wants to make the same, it's like, you're not making a sacrifice. Who wouldn't want to do this? But if someone that's willing to come and make half, that's, that's how, the kind of guy you want. That's how Belichick is. Like when his coaches, he pays them like 12000 the first year. <laughs> and they sleep in cots and stuff. But it's like Fight Club. You got to see if you're really into it or not. Somehow you skipped that step, AJ. I don't uh, know how that happened. I, listen, I've paid my dues along the way. Oh, AJ. yeah. But somehow. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's take a look at these, these top teams in the NFL and the, the top 10 teams in the Super Bowl odds and where they've stumbled this season. And we'll start with the favorite, the Buffalo Bills, who are 6 to 1 now, two weeks ago, losing by three. 
three to the previous one win Jags. All right. So, I mean, we don't have to say much there, do we? Embarrassing. One of the worst losses of the season. So, the theory of what we're doing here is pretty simple. We're trying to say who is reliable, who is consistent. Because typically, some of these losses are the type of losses that you think once a season, maybe for a good team. But the idea that these kind, the losses at this level are happening in just the last two weeks tells you that this is the most erratic season we've had for a while. So, right off the go, the Super Bowl favorite had one of the worst losses of the season of all teams just two weeks ago. The Tampa Bay Bucks, the defending champs, six and a half to one, they get smashed over the weekend by 10 against the football team. Yeah, I mean, I hate the football team at this point because I got a big ticket on them to win the East. And for a second, I started thinking, could they? And then I just smacked. I said, no, I don't smack myself, but I metaphorically did. I mean, listen, Tampa's still, I still have trust in Tampa. But I'm not sure if that's just, oh, Brady's good, right? They got a 44-year-old quarterback. Now, the one thing about Tampa you can be optimistic about is their injury situation is pretty bad now. That can clear up. But as of now, not impressive. Defensively, it has cleared up. They're still waiting on some offense. But uh, the cornerbacks? Cornerbacks are starting to get healthy. Yeah, but not Richard, totally. Not totally, but yeah. They, Richard Sherman is a guy that got off the scrap heap, right? Him sure. getting healthy isn't necessarily a good thing. The third favorite, uh, LA Rams losing to the Tennessee Titans 28 16. They've got a game to go tonight. Yeah, and we'll be talking about it, obviously. But again, these are, this is such a pronounced loss. And remember, first game without Henry, they were over a touchdown favor. It's one thing to lose the game. They got dominated in that game. Now, I know that the Rams' defense played okay, but, I mean, not impressive at all. The next favorites are the Packers and Chiefs, both 9-1, to and their bad results in the last two weeks were probably the game against each other, where neither one impressed. The Packers lose to the Chiefs 13-7, to but that was a game where Aaron Rodgers did not play, and the Chiefs were only able to beat them by six. And to be honest, of the teams in the top 10, the Packers are the first that I would say you could say pretty easily throw out the game without their quarterback, and they've been very consistent. And you know what? They have been 13 and 3 two years ago, 13 and 3 last year for the Packers. And now they're on pace for pretty much the same. But, you know, I would say this I would say that we could keep the theme going here. But I still think you can say Packers played pretty well, especially considering this. If you assume that Aaron Rodgers is the constant, that he's going to be fine, though it is interesting, he's got like a uh, a hiatus from testing. Because once you get COVID, the antibodies or whatever. But the day after the NFC Championship game, Mike Florio was talking about this, is his next scheduled test. So think about that for a second. Imagine if he, you know, picks up a bug or whatever, or, or the bug, and they win the they win the championship game, conference championship, and then the next day or the day after, I can't remember, Monday or Tuesday, it's announced. Now at that point, it'd be ten days. 
So he would have time. Well, but imagine the buildup <laughs> with like the next test coming like the Saturday before the game or whatever. So very interesting. But let's give the Packers a pass. Chiefs, listen, we can go ahead. I was going to say the Packers, I mean, it was three to nothing with Seattle in the fourth quarter yesterday. They, they did not look like what they've looked like listen, most of the season. What, but the thing is, when, when, when Aaron Rodgers is rusty because he's, I mean, at, you know, he, it wasn't some close contact, he had, he had COVID. It. The fact he's a little run down, a little rusty, and they still win, and the defense steps up and dominates. I mean, that's the first shutout during LaFleur's you know, tenure. To me, net-net, I'd much rather have – if your biggest problem is Aaron Rodgers – in your Green Bay, you're feeling pretty good. You have to be. Because the defense has been the problem. Rodgers has been the constant. And now it feels like if the defense comes around, what don't they have? The Arizona Cardinals, 10-1. to They lose to the Panthers, 34-10. to Now, just to close up the Chiefs real quick, you can say, well, the Chiefs have won. Yeah, you're right. They've won two games. Not even covering the spread against a Green Bay Packer team with Jordan Love leading the way. I'm not impressed. But if we just extend it back realistically and look to the Giants game, that was a disaster. And and I get it. If you win, it's not a total disaster. Come on. The question is, who's going to win a Super Bowl here? Not if the Chiefs are above average. They're above average. They haven't played it all season, most of the season, but they still are. But are they a super? They're the fifth favorite to win the Super Bowl. I mean, you only get 50% more if you take the, the Bills or the Bucks at 6 to 1, 6.5 to 1. And the Chiefs are 9 to 1. They're saying they're right there sniffing. The Rams are 7 to 1. Are you really t- the Packers are 9 to 1. You tell me the Packers and the Chiefs have the same chance to win? This is just more love for Kansas City because we remember the past. Remember the Super Oh, by the way, they only won one Super Bowl. And oh, by the way, they were one throw from Jimmy G away from not even winning that one. Continue. Cardinals, 24-point losers to the Panthers this weekend. All right. To me, losing they were seven-point favorites with their backup quarterback. Now, you can say that isn't what this team is. Okay, if it is, is only Kyler Murray, then my point would be he's fragile. And to expect him to last a whole season, he just hasn't been able to do that. And what impresses so much was even without him how good they were but this was not only a loss, but a, a, a destruction against a Carolina team. We had no idea if the, if they were how hard they were going to play. Now, obviously, Cam inspired them. I'm not impressed with the Cardinals' performance. Are you? No. As great as the Cowboys looked this weekend, just a short week ago, they were getting crushed by the Denver Broncos, 30 to 16, and even that score is kind of a lie. With four, well, deceiving. <laughs> with four minutes left, it was 30 nothing. Yeah. I we don't need to really say much more. Now the Titans are the one team that have nothing. You you could say, oh, they they didn't cover. No, we're not talking about that. We're talking about, boy, they're bad. You know that kind of boy, they're bad. When have we said that about Tennessee? Well, five, six weeks ago against the Jets. But why are they 11 to 1? They're, they're the favorite to be the number one seed right now, which means a buy. Like, who, who's going to get the number one seed? Maybe the Bills, but they got head to head against them. Yep. So, Titans are a big favorite to be the number one seed, and they should be 11 to 1 in the easy AFC. They're going to be hosting who? I get it. Maybe if KC goes there, it's going to be a tough game. Baltimore could play him tough. Buffalo could play him tough. 
But I don't see Tennessee not being favored. I think Tennessee's favored at home against all of them. But at least they're not an under. Maybe it's Pickham. I agree. And that's probably just with Buffalo and maybe K. Depends on what yeah. KC's doing at that time. Yeah. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens losing Thursday night 22 to 10 to the lowly Dolphins. What more do you need to say there? You don't need to say anything else. And then? And then there's a team that has really turned things around the Bill Belichick led New England Patriots. And I've got some quite profound thoughts on this. First, though, be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, I'm A.J. Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell. This Carolina-Washington game has some nice narrative to it, storylines. Right now, Carolina is favored by three points at home versus Washington. A little Rivera-Cam Newton reunion. And Rivera said, uh, someone asked him after the game, do you have your little file with your how to stop Cam from all the years of coaching him? He said, yes. He just said, yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. Okay, Patriots, here's the question. What leads to a Super Bowl win? Right, you've got or a Super Bowl appearance, even right? Because I don't care who you're on the NFC. You want to see Belichick on the other no side? No one does. I mean, they were 14 point underdogs against the greatest show on turf, and his defensive game plans in the Hall of Fame. They just said, "We need this for the Hall of Fame." You got that thing in your back pocket? Can we have that for the Hall of Fame? That's how good this coach is, and that was 20 years ago. And he did it again to the Rams recently. <laughs> and, well, that one ended Jared Goff's career. <laughs> <laughs> Trump, when Trump went against people, and he, and he, they would lose the election, like Republicans. He'd say, "I retired them." Now, again, we can all debate that one, but Belichick pretty much didn't retire Goff; just ruined his career. Well, I mean, I think the Lions wish he would have retired. <laughs> eh, I don't know. I think I think he's a good he's good. Well, I tell you, Steelers again, Tomlin. You give them a chance to be flat, they're going to be flat. I keep telling you. All right, I'm going to be talking a lot about the Pats just because I think that it's so interesting to hear how all the radio guys now are talking about Belichick. He's good, and it's like, come on. It was just a couple weeks ago you're talking about how the game passed him by and how Brady won the, the you know the parting. It's like maybe both of them won because they're both like some of the biggest winners ever. But we'll get into the Pats a ton, but we got Monday Night Football coming up. So let's take a break. Final one. When we come back, you got a prop bet? I do. You've been listen, I've been skeptical of your props, but they what's the record? Uh, my Thursday nights have been seven and three. Seventy percent, I think that that's is. right. All right, I'm going to have one. AJ's going to have one, and I've got some insight on the game because it's one of our super contest picks. By the way, we already have a fourth winning week guaranteed. We'll see what I picked in that one in a little bit. That's coming up next. But first, dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm 
RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Let's take a look at this Monday night football game. The LA Rams, three and a half point favorites at the San Francisco 49ers, struggling right now. Oh, cousin Kyle, this could be, <laughs> might be a retirement after this. You know, mutual decision, parting ways. <laughs> All right, now here's the thing. I've got a best bet coming up on the props. You do too. You've been hot on the props, AJ. We have San Francisco in the contest. Now, that sounds like I'm telling you to bet San Francisco. I'm not. And here's why. This could be square. And maybe it is. But it is so extreme, I can't help but feel it. And I'm going to be honest with myself. I mean, you've noticed that, haven't you, Mackenzie? It's remarkable. I mean, it's like... We have like a 56% record over, this is now four, or this would be four years, in the $5,000 Super Contest gold, and you would think the last game would be comparable. And there's no rationale. I don't, it's not like I'm thinking what the last game, and the funny thing is if we lose the early games... We end up winning the last game in an inordinate amount of time. I mean, I had a ton of times we were two and two and won that last game. It's crazy. I'm going to go back and actually get the data on it. But I personally might bet a hundred bucks as an emotional hedge on the Rams <laughs> because I really think I, we just need one or two four and ones to get right back in this thing, and we we get right on the cusp of it, and then we lose the last one every time. I know that's square, but I'm worried. We should stop betting these Sunday Monday night games uh, no, for, the, for the contest. Oh, I don't. But that would really be square. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to take the. I'm going to take. The, this was my fifth game, so I was balanced. I mean, it was like, uh, and then at the last minute, I thought it will make Mackenzie smile, so I put it in. Well, let's at least get what your initial thoughts were on why you like the Rams or why you like the 49ers initially. Well, the matchup between Shanahan and McVeigh has been all Shanahan. I mean, these two were on the Washington staff together. If anything, McVeigh's kind of taken this offense and been the, the lesser pupil, I guess, of Uncle Mike Shanahan. And the reality is that maybe that has switched. Maybe McVeigh, who has constantly been, you know, he's been innovating in a way. Remember, when he brought in Staley, it was because Staley's defense under Fangio was such that it was stopping this offense. So he said, let me get a guy in here that can stop me and maybe we can figure out how we can't, we cannot be stopped. And then he, it just feels like that McVeigh's shaking things up more. And if Feels like Shanahan is slow and steady, and I'm not sure if he isn't getting passed by. Two minutes or so left. Give your best bet on the prop, and I'll give mine. I'll go Brandon Ayuk under 49 and a half yards. Ayuk has played very well the last couple weeks, and but he's only beat that number 49 and a half once this year, and it was last week against Arizona. So why do you think it's this high? Because because he's played so well. But Debo Samuel, George Kittle, who have both been banged up, neither one of them on the injury report this week. So he goes back to third fiddle. Uh, I think he's going to be a distant third option for San Francisco. So Brandon Ayuk under. Under 49 and a half yards. Best bet from AJ Hoppin. Hot on the props. Now, I'm going to say one more factor in this game, then give my prop. Uh, I think Woods, the receiver, being out for the Rams is a big deal. Because the rumor was, the, the scuttlebutt was that they were going to go four wide with OBJ. And very few teams are able to have four cover corners out there. 
But now, if you're putting OBJ in the wood spot effectively, well, one, tonight it's going to be less effective. I don't know if he's better in woods or not. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But he certainly isn't the first game with a new system. So the Rams are weaker receiver today than they were last week. That's important to remember. Okay, my best bet on the prop is Matt Stafford's rushing yards over. Two and a half you can see with juice, three and a half with less juice, over. Rationale is very simple. High stakes game. Quarterbacks run more when it's on national TV and when it's a high stakes game in division, must win, kind of, not must win, but a high desire to win. And I think it's just going to be the number of runs makes a difference. Stafford over rushing yards between two and a half and three and a half. Best bet from RJ. All right. If you missed any of today's show, including us, de- us debunking and quite frankly, debunking the heck out of the Kansas City is back narrative. And you can hear it on the podcast at FoxSportsRadio.com. We're going to be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time. And on Tuesday, what we do is talk college football playoffs, but also one more day to dig into the data. And we'll tell you what the data says about this past week. We are straight out of Vegas, and you can hear us right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas!